Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the dead of night, gunfire blazes in a Connecticut office building, requiring the quiet help of a new agent. Join Tillman as he plays Kevin Wilson, a crime scene specialist whose job is about to take an unexpected turn, and Adam as the handler in this Delta Green duet. Under New Management is a Delta Green scenario created by Ross Payton. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. There you can find up-to-date news and a link to our Discord. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So Coach calms down Maria, and the car is silent for a few moments. Look, just help Graham with whatever he needs. After he's done, you need to lock down the office. Keep it under our control. Make sure nobody gets in. It's got to be secured. We have a key card that works for the front door, and I wish I had more to give you, but that's it. So do you know whether this only works for the front door? How many doors are there? We don't know if it works for any other doors, but we do know it works for the front door. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Who is Graham? Like, who do I look out for? He'll be the only guy in there, and he's expecting you. He's a member of our cell. Tall guy, bald. If you see somebody that's not that... Do you have a firearm? Uh, no, I'm I'm not qualified to. <laughs> you hear, Coach, let out like this very chesty laugh. And he's like, you can have one of mine. And he starts fiddling around underneath the seat of the truck. You're just not sure what he's going to come out of there with. And he's fishing around for a few seconds. And he pulls a handgun out and passes it next to him to Maria. He's kind of just holding it out in the palm of his hand. Maria carefully takes the gun into her hands and then holds it next to you to see if you'll take it. It is kind of implied. So Kevin like grabs for it like awkwardly. So, you know, kind of like you hold something out to like a child and they grab it. He like grabs the gun like that. Uh, Kind of like super... Like, not very confident, not correctly. Um, he just does it because, like, they they heavily imply it with, like, gestures and, like, uh, their, their role socially in a way. Kevin has pretty decent firearm skill, but the way that I'd like to imagine it, or the way that I do imagine it, I should say, is that because he never really has to engage people like that in his line of work it's more so like a relaxed environment the shooting range i think like everyone in his department probably has to go like to training for like extreme situations like what if the gang shows up again and they like try to well get rid of all the forensic people because they could uh be like trouble for them like could could get them in legal trouble so he probably has training for that but he doesn't usually carry a gun i think there is probably like an officer on standby who has like a truck or something full of like backup pistols for everyone on scene but it was never used ever i think and you probably start to question the nature of this whole thing when they hand you a pistol because i mean they've basically opened up that there was a a shootout with the bad guys, of course. But now they're handing you a gun. And they're telling you that this place, there should only be one person in there. But here's a gun. Yeah, Kevin holds on to like that thought. Okay, find Graham. Graham is important. If you don't find Graham, maybe get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> it 
The next hour goes by pretty quickly. Your thoughts are probably racing, just like this car is racing down the highway at about 90 miles an hour, swerving through the lanes, passing people obnoxiously. Coach seems pretty good at this type of driving, but you worry about the attention that this type of driving would obviously attract. Here we are going to do this thing. And what if we get pulled over right now? I think Kevin is like thinking, okay, yeah, it's priorities. Like we have to go there fast. So that that's the only option. So And now you're thinking about how you're basically in possession of this firearm that's not yours. You're starting to worry, worry, worry because, oh my God, who are these people? What if they use this to kill somebody? And now I'm holding it and my fingerprints are on it too. Like, what is this whole thing? I mean, they say they know Tim. Oh yeah, for sure. He's like in forensics. Of course he knows like fingerprints. That That's totally a thing. Good that you mentioned that. Like he kind of regrets having ever touched it, but now it's like too late. And he's thinking like, okay, I got disinfectant in, in the back and, uh, and I got wipes. So like I can totally like wipe this down and make it super clean and no one can trace this back to me. And then he's like, thinking, okay, I'm taking this role for like my writing of like the bad guy, but now I'm the bad guy, but I'm doing the good guy things, am I not? (laughs) It's like constantly second guessing himself. And I'm thinking to like reassure what he's about to do. He like keeps asking basically the same question, like, okay, how do I approach Graham? And how do I know who Graham is? And has he like a secret phrase or something? So he's constantly going back to like the one or two things that he's sure about, the key card and Graham. Graham's expecting you. You need to relax. He knows what you look like. Look, we looked into you. I even read some of your work. Tim told us it was good. It is. You should be proud. I mean, I personally find it a little bit, and you see coach just kind of nudges her. Stop it, Maria. I mean, you don't have enough ladies in there. Also, I find it to be a little bit unrealistic. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I mean, unrealistic is kind of the point, and he like jumps on that topic, like just something else to get his mind off. I never know how to write like female characters. I find it super hard. I don't want to have them like campy, you know, like the Bond girls of sorts. I don't like that. And every time I'm thinking like bad guy, I don't want to make them be women either that would kind of suck i guess i uh, i could have made like a female protagonist but i mean that decision was made so we can't really go back and you guys engage in this small discussion about your literary work and it kind of takes your mind off things for a little bit and then the car starts to kind of slow down as you guys exit the highway coach starts to reel it in a little bit and In about five minutes after you take the exit, you pull into the parking lot of what appears to be a closed office building. The parking lot is pretty big. It's not the kind that has like a gate or anything like that. It's just, it's not like a, it's not a fancy office building. It's very straightforward. It looks like it could be a telemarketing office, anything. This is just a building that has probably been used for so many businesses throughout the years. So what does it generally look like? Is it like small or like a shared office building with all kinds of uh, things in there? It It looks like it could be a shared office building. It looks like it's about three, maybe 
it looks like four floors high. You count four sets of windows. So ground floor all the way up four floors. It's a completely rectangular building. The outside windows are those big type of windows that some more sleek offices have where the window takes up most of the wall and it's just kind of gives this nicer open lighting, which is somewhat more unusual for the fact that this is kind of a cheaper looking office building, I guess you would call it. It doesn't look like a Fortune 500 or something like that. It looks like a place where people sell stuff or something of that nature. So like a, a storage and logistics area as well or just offices? You see that there's just offices. They don't actually... Maria told you it was a shipping and logistics company, but they don't actually ship anything from the location. Okay, so it's just like their management or whatever. Yes, exactly. Okay. Coach starts to pull up to the building and he turns his lights off again and the car moves moves at a crawling speed. All right, this is you, Wilson. Here's the card. Use it in the door. Go find Graham. Uh, can I reach you somehow? The phone number you called me on. Don't call that one again. Here, call this. And Maria starts to write down a phone number on a business card, the back of a business card for something else completely, a law firm or something. Okay, okay. If you run into trouble, call this number. Graham's in there. Graham can take care of you. Got it. Look, we just oh. nobody pokes around, okay? The workers are due back at seven. If you can try to prevent them from showing up at the office, find a way to do it. If not, you need to try to, I don't know, deter them at the door or something like that. Whatever it takes, it's important. They can't go in there. They can't realize that anything out of the ordinary has happened in here. Okay, yeah. Contain all the evidence. Will it be stopped by police tape, maybe? Any, uh, anyway, I, I will find a way. Okay, good luck. Coach says, nice to meet you, son. Kevin, like, stops for a second. That's like a weird way to, like, say goodbye. And then he says, uh, later, will not disappoint you. Slams the door, like, grabs his bag, checks that everything is there. And, like, first thing, he, like, puts the gun somewhere in his bag. Like where it's completely hidden. Like if you if you would take like a glance at all his stuff, you wouldn't like see a gun in there. And I think he does actually like take a roll of uh you know like crime scene this yellow and black I think tape. And when he approaches the door, he will like wrap it around whatever the staircase. The staircase of the like you're gonna go in first and then do that or. Yeah, he like approaches the door and he looks for like a good area to like wrap the tape around so people will be at least like slightly deterred by it that they shouldn't cross. Yeah, so you're able to do that, no problem. And you get that set up. Once you enter the building, you can hear activity inside already. You hear things moving. Sounds like desks being pushed across the room. You hear scrubbing. But the second you enter the building, that all pauses for a moment. And you just hear, Wilson, it's on the same floor that you're on, this ground floor. Wilson. Yeah, it's me. Oh, a man uh, approaches from the corner, pistol drawn but lowered. Hey, sorry, didn't mean to scare you. At first glance, you see him. He's about six feet tall, Caucasian man, buzzed hair that's bald in the middle, kind of like a 
balding on top. He keeps it very short. He's pretty tall and lean. He has kind of a longer, longer facial features. Looks like he has a big jaw and a little bit of like a butt chin. He's wearing black slacks, a white button-up shirt with the sleeves rolled up, top two buttons undone, and the tie loosened. He looks very disheveled. He's got these big blue, almost like dishwashing gloves on, and he's holding a spray bottle in the other hand. Hey, glad you're here. He begins to take one of the gloves off to give you a handshake. Uh, I like wave off, uh, like, don't worry about it. And in fact, uh, Kevin probably like takes out gloves as well at this point. That's just his job. And he he still has this uh, suit on um, that I mentioned earlier, you know, um, that covers him head to toe and keeps off all the like gunk and debris. And he like zips it shut and flips the hood on. So now he's like in full work gear. I take it you're Graham? Yes. Sorry, I didn't even introduce myself. Graham. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've been making good progress here. I've just been trying to take some of these bullets out of the wall and get the get the blood off of some of these surfaces. Can you give me a human roll? All right, human. I got 50 and I rolled 12 under 50. Graham looks worn out. He looks tired. He has these dark circles under his eyes. Five o'clock shadow. Looks very unkempt at the moment and very distracted too. You think maybe... He is maybe experiencing shock or maybe trauma of some kind over what happened. He actually has blood on his shirt. And you stop for a second to think about if he could possibly be wounded. He doesn't seem to be hurt, though. So you dismiss that idea. He seems somewhat out of sorts. I think Kevin would like try to be very compassionate. You know, sometimes at crime scenes, there will be... Even though he usually comes in late, there will be like people around who see things or who are like in shock about what happened. He tries to like lower his voice a little bit and speak slowly and be like very reassuring about things. Like, right, Graham, I'm I'm here now. Uh, Coach and Marie told me we need to order off the workers uh, that they don't come in. Can I assist you with anything? Oh yeah, shit. That's right, the workers. Um... Look, upstairs, I saw some kind of management desk or something. You might be able to find records in there. I'm I'm really not sure. I'm just trying to get the, the bullets and blood first. Uh, look, why don't we deal with that? Why don't, why don't you deal with that? I'm going to keep working on this. And then if you make any progress there, we can we can try to finish up here. And then I'm thinking maybe we go deal with what's in the basement. Why don't you give me a rundown of the situation first? Oh, God. Where do I begin? This is a weird one. Look, uh, walk with me. We can uh, we can do this while we work. Yeah, of course. You guys walk over to an area where Graham has moved a desk to gain better access to a blood stain that's behind it. And he immediately gets on his knees and starts scrubbing away at the stain again. I brought some spackle in the truck, too. We might have to go over this this hole over here. Okay, where do I begin? Two guys in our group. They were undercover here, trying to look into this place for reasons I don't know and reasons Maria, Coach, and Tim didn't know either. They told us that something was happening. So last night, this other team, this other cell, they give us a call and they tell us we got to move in to shut the company down. So 
we go in there. We get down to the basement. There's all this crazy shit. I kind of blacked out when I went down there. And then whatever started down there continued up here. And I just remember we were all just shooting. Everybody was just shooting. And it's just kind of... So I think at this point when like Graham starts to like lose track about what he's saying, Kevin will like move in a little bit, like try to be reassuring. And he, he wants Graham to see it first. Like he's not like approaching him from a weird angle. And he's like reaching out for like Graham's shoulder. So after it was done, those of us that were still there, because we didn't all make it, we found out where the managers lived and we called them into the office. And when they got here, we dealt with them. And then Maria and coach, they went to the house of the last manager. And I think they dealt with him at his house, actually. But one thing I'm realizing while I'm here, I think that whatever happened in the basement, it's, I think it's still active. I, I don't know what it is, but we need to get the bodies out of there. And we need to make sure nobody comes in. Look, I'm sorry. I can't be more clear with you. It's fuzzy in my head. I think Kevin's like a bit shocked and puzzled as well right now. What did the managers deal with? I couldn't get much from the team that was here before us, but this company, some kind of front. Everybody that works here is a temp. And this whole thing, it's just a weird operation to hire these temps and they go missing. So they hire and they fire people. And a handful of them wind up in our wind up on our radar as missing people. That's what kind of led the two agents to go in undercover. And when they were trying to figure this thing out from the inside, they stumbled on something weird. And you wouldn't tell me that, but I, I dealt with it too when I went down there. I mean, I, I know about combat shock. I know about, I mean, there was bullets flying everywhere. I saw at least two people die down there. Not ours, but still, the whole vibe of that room was just weird. I don't know. It's like I would try to grab something And my hand would miss. Something's wrong about it. It's just things don't, it wasn't lining up down there, Wilson. And you probably think I'm batshit insane right now. And I fucking hope to God that I am. And you just start scrubbing harder. Why don't you get up to that office and see if you can get some phone numbers, see if you can make any calls. Right. Uh, if things come up, you, you yell out for me. Will do. Oh, uh, put these on your feet. And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out these plastic, they look like hair nets. And you see that they're over his sneakers. He's wearing these ugly white beat up tennis shoes. And it contrasts very much with his more professional office style clothing that he's wearing. The type of suit that he wears looks kind of like a off the rack, cheap men's warehouse type of thing, maybe. It's a bit of an ugly brown color. And looks like it's many years old maybe even like something from the 80s or 90s he does look crazy as he says all this yeah kevin is not really sure what to make of him he like puts on like the protective gear that he's offered grabs like all his things again in fact stops for a minute uh graham you need anything from from my supplies here or you got anything i got everything let me see what you got and if you open the thing he'll just kind of like peek in there Do you got another needle nose pliers? Uh, yeah, I think so. And he like grabs one of like one of the sizes that Graham wants. He probably has like a couple. 
if you see a janitor closet, let me know. I'm going to try to see if we can grab more bleach and other stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. It's about 4.30, so we got to move fast. He takes a second to look at his watch mid-scrub. Okay, I head up there. And Kevin takes like big steps, kind of trying to reassure himself and Graham as well. And when he's like back in the hallway, he's like thinking to himself, what the fuck? Like, this guy probably was like in a fight, but what the fuck happened in the basement? Was there some sort of like weird gas leak? You know, do they uh, produce some sort of drug in the basement and weird gases leaked and everyone was tripping balls while fighting over the drug cartel? He's like spinning all this story like he would when he um, when he writes one of his online stories and he's uh, looking for for like the stairs in the hallway. How does Kevin feel about hearing that the two individuals that picked him up may have just committed a murder previously to picking him up at his house? I think he like compartmentalizes that as like, oh, they're police officers. They were attacked. So yeah, they shoot the bad guys. But right now he's in that uh, that mindset where everything is simple like that. And only later he will like start questioning it, I think. So he's definitely in like this mission mode, especially like how urgent everything is and how distressed Graham is. And he's not in like his usual surroundings, which also is a bit distressing to him. But now he feels like he needs to be extra reliant on like his training and his and his skills and how he approaches uh, these situations. But probably now that he's alone again in the hallway, I think he's like second guessing things like, okay, yeah, I, I mean... Maria and Coach, they, they seemed nice, right? They, it, it was necessary somehow that, yeah, <laughs> it needed to happen. But why? <laughs> why am I lacking so much information here? Like, that's really distressing to him, I think. You make it to where the stairs are. It's a, almost like a fire staircase type of thing because this office has elevators as well. But there is a side door that's just a long set of stairs that goes through all floors of the building. And as you see the door to the staircase, you also see somewhat of an office directory as well. You mean like an overview? Like an overview of which offices are where, which businesses are on which floors. You see that this business, McPherson, they are the first or basement first and second floors. The next floor up is a telemarketing company. And the next floor up above from that is currently unrented. And there's actually advertisements there. Looking for office space? Call this number. On the directory part that shows the McPherson part of the building, it basically gives a list of which offices are like where. So you can see there's HR, payroll, accounting, sales. I'm not really sure what other departments there would be, but the other ones are there too. Excellent. (laughs) They are all in one big office other. Yeah, I think payroll and HR, maybe those sound important. So Kevin would like approach those first and like think to himself, this is also weirdly bland. Like, and you do get the impression that this could just very much be a shell because that's what they said. And when you analyze it, it's just so vague and just so, what does this place do? Nothing is explained in any anything you see. 
you see the very typical cubicles, desks, phones, an ugly carpet, yellowish white lights, almost a labyrinth of these different cubicles. And this is on the first floor. The directory indicates that the HR and payroll offices are upstairs. Yeah, he would go upstairs then using the stairs, in fact, I think. Like he feels uncomfortable in this in these surroundings right now. And he doesn't want to like expose himself to any flaky electricity. You know, there there's been shooting going on and he really just doesn't know, so he's not trusting the elevator right now. It seems weird. So you open the door to the staircase, and as you start to walk up this first set of stairs, uh, you can hear your feet against the steel steps kind of echoing throughout this staircase chamber that you're in. And you see the door on the second floor, and it says McPherson, floor two, HR, payroll, et cetera, et cetera, accounting. So Kevin would like open the door slowly and like walk into the hallway. He's not really sure what to look for first. I mean, payroll sounds important, I guess. It should have all the details of like who works there. When you get to the when you get to this floor of the office and you open the door, you immediately can see that the lights on this floor are not on. Pretty dark up there. Some of the computer monitors are still on and it's emitting a source of light to where you can make out what's going on. And also the very open window situation makes it to where the street light, the light from the street light is able to pour in and illuminate the room a little bit. But you get the vibe that Graham didn't, Graham didn't put the lights on for this room. Kevin would try to keep it that way. Like he, first he thinks to himself like, where the fuck is the light switch? But then he's like, oh, wait, we're not really here, are we now? So also you notice that this floor seems to be untouched by the chaos that happened downstairs. There's no bullet holes. There's no blood. There's no bodies here. It just looks like this floor managed to survive unscathed from this firefight that occurred. That, I think, would reassure himself. Like There's some sense of normalcy even in this building. I think he would go to one of the computers and see if he can like get in there or if it's password protected. He's looking for like a like a mail uh, program that has like a distribution to all employees. Like yeah, yeah. He, he tries to find that first. Yeah, so you take a or maybe you don't take a seat, but you access one of the computers and I'll let you either do a sig int roll or well you don't have computer science. I think a SIG int role would make sense for accessing computer databases and stuff. I feel like computer science is more techy computer stuff, but it could apply to like like hacking into something. I really don't know. But I feel like that doesn't cover just general computer usage type thing because the starting value for that is zero. So like most skills that everybody can do, you have like a starting value in. For example, right. firearms, I believe, can't go below 20 because mm-hmm. if a person picks up a gun and points it at somebody, they have a chance to shoot them. So I think, I mean, if Delta Green takes it that seriously, like SIGINT is like an overarching thing and contains like communication intelligence. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm like tapping into unprotected data. It, it's like available. I don't need to hack it. Yeah, and exactly. I I just need to like 
understand how this company reaches out to all its employees and like find the information about that. So yeah, I think SIGINT, which is also not that good, but hey, I can try. Go ahead and give it a roll. We're definitely just going to say that on a base level, you're able to open up the email client and get a full contact list of all of this company's employees. That's basically pretty standard for for corporations. At my work, if I open up the email list, I can view everybody in the entire company's first, last name, and email address and where they work and what department. Yeah. And I roll three under 20. So I believe that's a normal success. Excellent. So you're able to, like I said, you're able to get all of the name and email information from this contact list. You feel like you could also find maybe like a master phone list. It doesn't appear that this information is too secure on these computers. In clicking around for maybe five, six minutes, you're able to find a master phone list in one of the shared file folders on this office computer network. And it just has first, last names and phone numbers. You see that there's another folder, payroll data. It's locked, password protected. Um, you get a message that it can't be remotely accessed from other computers in the network. Right. So now Kevin is like thinking, okay, how do I approach this? I need like a cover story so no one actually shows up. Calling everyone would like take a really long time. So email is probably like the, the better idea at first. Maybe people don't read it, but I mean, maybe people don't pick up the phone. So that's also a problem. Can you give me an accounting check? Right. Nope. I failed 24 over 10. You see some more payroll data that is also secured. Yeah, I think like uh, uh, Kevin is kind of like thinking to himself, fuck, I need, a, I need a quick solution. So he just sets up the email program again. I think he like hits new message and then like selects everyone in the employee list, like the, the whole employee category. It's uh, 15 people, by the way. Right. And then he uh, thinks uh, of something like, that he's used in his stories a lot, like a, a good lie is always like close to the truth, but just not quite uh, there. So he puts down like a police investigation at blah, 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 company headquarters. I forgot the name already. <laughs> or just company headquarters. And then without thinking too much, he puts down like a official sounding email that also is kind of short and with very little uh, information and it's like there has been a violent crime and he's not going into much detail there at the headquarters. Uh, it's currently locked down or police investigation for the day. So yeah, work is canceled basically, but uh, don't worry, you still get paid and uh, something like that. Updates will follow and then like regards and name of CEO or whatever. You spend about 10 minutes crafting a very professional looking email and you analyze it again and you say, yeah, this, this is very passable. This looks 100% official. And you go ahead and send it off and you, you see message sent and you think maybe that's it. You hope that's it. Why don't you take a look through our growing catalog of one-shot scenarios to find out about Chronicles of Darkness, Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu, 13th Age, Eclipse Phase, Rogue Trader, Slasher Flick and probably even more.